Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting. Oh! Let him play. You bet one one bone to win nineteen. I'm where? What site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do fifty cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out, like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big college basketball show. Good to have you with us from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions, Southern California. And we try to crown a college champion this this month in the NCAA men's basketball tournament, an event that everybody colloquially calls March Madness. And it begins with the selections of each of the four regionals, regional brackets in the field. But all the brackets, all the games, everything is going to be played in the Indianapolis metropolitan area this year. So it's a very unique tournament. Done so, of course, to help aid in containing any possibility of travel or spread and trying to maintain the situation with COVID. We will see how that works out. But um, some 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 ter- some uh, challenges already out of the box. I mean, both Duke and, Nor- and Virginia were hit with uh, COVID infections, which forced them out of the ACC tournament. And Duke had to win the ACC tournament to have any shot of getting into the into the field of 64. And it didn't happen. They they couldn't make it, so they are gone. And you know there are some rumblings about well maybe they could make it if they were as a COVID replacement, but that appears to be unlikely. Anyway, um, a lot of other teams did make it, so that's what we're here for tonight. We're going to talk to you about these the selections and the conference tournaments that were uh, joining us for this program. John in Connecticut, Tom in New Jersey, and Andy in Seattle, who will be joining us a little bit late on the program, but let's introduce everybody else, John and Tommy. And Tommy's trying to con- conjure up his bracket as we speak, so let's first introduce John to the program. And, John, um, we thank you for rejoining us here on this on this special program. How's, how's it going tonight? Doing well, Dave. Yeah, thanks for including me in the mix here. Um, I think we're all very excited to have an actual March Madness again this year. Um, last year, I remember – it just gives you terrible PTSD, like where you were when everything basically just the world stopped. I mean, it was it was really like we had conference tournaments going, and then literally the next day, like March Madness, just everything was canceled. It was just crazy for everybody. So I think, you know, there's still some challenges, obviously, but we're certainly in a much better place than we were a year ago. And so excited to have a bracket to look at and games to pick. And it's just it's definitely great to uh to talk some college basketball again and get the tournament going. It is so great that we have a tournament this year. And it's also great that we got to finish out the conference tournaments because we only got in like a couple of them, you know. So it was neat that we got to see the Big West. We got to see the Pac-12. We got to see the Big Ten. We got to see the Big 12 and the ACC and the SEC. And, and you know, these tournaments were good. These were really good. So we'll start there. Um, and then let's introduce our second panelist tonight, Tom in New Jersey. Good to have you back, Tom. You are muted. I'll ask you to mute. How's it going? Okay. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good, good. Good, good. Hey, John. What's up? Tommy, how's it going? 
Very good. Just to piggyback on what John was saying, it's uh, it's crazy thinking about this time last year. I remember, uh, I think the Big East tournament was was going on, and they had to stop it like midway through, and like everybody was like, "What the heck? What like what? Why are they even playing?" And then they played like part of a first half. I forget the game. Yeah, it was, like, you're it, absolutely it was, right. Like, I don't remember the teams, but it was like all the other conferences had been canceling yeah. their tournaments, and they were still playing the first half, they like were. the ball and some random team. I oh. thought I thought like John Rothstein was like gonna kill himself because there was because <laughs> <laughs> he was so upset. Oh, I've never man. seen anyone that upset about like a tournament not he going was. through because he lives for that all year. That's all he like lives for is that tournament. And when they announced that there was no tournament, I seriously thought he might like <laughs> OD or something. <laughs> he was nuts about it too. Uh Bless his heart. If you, a, if you had a first half bet on that Big East game, at least you got that in before everything, you know, was done. I know. I know. Crazy. Yeah. I've never had so many no actions in my life. I had this huge card set up, and then it's just like get them all refunded slowly, too. Because, like, it took a while for, like, some of them, like the Big 12 and then the, the Pac-12. Yeah. It, it just shows how much money, like, talks with this stuff. They were trying to do everything they could think of to make sure to get that, that tournament in because they were losing so much money. Yeah. That's all they cared about was money. And then they, I guess, finally they realized, like, they can't play this. Yeah. It was a surreal. I mean, honestly, if they knew back then what we know now, like, they probably could have done it, like, with no fans and just – Obviously, with masks and like basically how they played the season, they could have done it last year. But it was just so new to everybody that they just they couldn't they couldn't in good faith go on with everything else being canceled in sports. It just would not be a good look whatsoever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. I, I think that if we had we we we'd never experienced anything quite like that before, so we didn't really know what the protocol was. But now that we do, I think they've handled it better. Uh, obviously, not perfect, as I mentioned at the open. But, but nevertheless, the conference tournaments did complete, um, and for all for all the tournaments that there were, there were a lot of them. I mean, I counted over fifty conferences at least uh, were in action between two weeks ago and now, and um, and and the fact that they that basically all yeah all of them got to complete. It's pretty remarkable, so we're happy about that, and that sets up a pretty good tournament bracket. So let's start with a recap of the last week's. The last two weeks action and John, I'll give it to you first. I mean, there, there is a lot to talk about when it comes to the, the conference tournaments. Um, what were some of the highlights that you remember from, from the past action? Oh man, Dave, there's like, there's so many, there's like what? 31, 32 automatic bids. Um, I guess when you look at the bigger, the bigger tournaments, you had a couple of prize winners. You mean Georgetown completely uh, destroying um, Creighton in the finals? Yeah. I was kind of upset. UConn lost to Creighton. That was a tough, tough way to lose the night before. But I'm happy UConn's back in the tournament anyway. But they really should have won the, won the Big East tournament. But hey, kudos to Georgetown. They got hot and they won it. Um, Oregon State literally out of nowhere winning the Pac-12 and taking a bid from somebody. That was kind of crazy. I guess – I don't know. I don't know what to make of the Pac-12. Like, Oregon is really good, but they just could lay an egg like they did against Oregon State in that in that uh, tournament, which was um, surprising to see. Um, the ACC was like the COVID hot spot. And then you get Georgia Tech of all teams beating – like, the ACC is so down this year. Um, I mean, I didn't even think Georgia Tech was any good, and they 
I mean, they at Florida State had like 30 turnovers in that game. They're, Georgia Tech has some this scrappy guard that Billis was c- clamoring for the entire Alvarado. game. Every time yeah. the guy, yeah, it's Alvarado. Every time the guy <laughs> touched the ball, it's like, look at look at how look at this guy's hustle. He's he's just around the ball every single, every single time. It's just just got really annoying after a while. But hey, kudos to them. I mean, that Georgia Tech is, and they 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 probably got screwed on their seating. Honestly, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big 12, I was disappointed with Oklahoma State's performance in the finals. We were, I was all over them. Um, you you got to love Kate Cunningham. I mean, now you talk about like, guys in the tournament that could carry your team, kind of like how Kemba Walker did with UConn. I mean, they could win the whole thing or they could go out in round one. It's just that kind of yeah. kind of team. Um, again, we'll probably get to that later. Uh, the Big 10, really no big surprises there. Illinois um, got the job done. I mean, Ohio State, though, was definitely gritty. In all their games. I mean, either they got up huge in every game and almost blew it, or they got down big and um, back, which they almost did against Illinois. That team was infuriating. Um, yeah, uh, the SEC was um, Alabama and LSU. That was a great game on Sunday, and um, LSU got the cover with Bama. I mean, that was some some fun games with that one. Um, yeah, and Dave, you had an unfortunate bet with Tennessee, my oh, God, on that semifinal. Uh, yeah, I had Alabama. Dirty. I was lucky to win that one. That was rough. That was rough. <laughs> I felt bad for you, Dave, on Oof. that one. Uh, that's Rick Barnes, though, right? I mean, that's what he does. Like that's that's his game. That's his deal. Like he. Yeah, that's his that's his thing. Yeah, and I know we'll get into the matchups later, but Tennessee, Oregon State, talk about a game like you don't <laughs> want to pick. That's just that's just rough. Um, let me see here. In terms of the smaller conferences, I mean. I, I don't know. We could touch on a, a lot of them, but uh, I, I guess I'll mention like the Horizon League had like that was like Andy. I'll, I'll give him credit. He coined it the Mac of college basketball because that's basically what it was. It was yeah. like triple overtimes, quadruple overtimes, huge upsets, just a crazy, crazy tournament. Um, so Cleveland State ended up winning that. I think they were the number one seed. Um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was there was some other good smaller tournaments. I guess if you other guys want to touch on them, I'll just mention I guess a couple other teams. I was on the Oral Roberts bandwagon. Now that is a fun team to watch. They got like two scores that averaged thirty points a game. Um, so watch out for them. But that was a, that was a fun team uh, to watch in their conference tournament final. Um, and then I, I said, Dave, before we started the show, Grand Canyon. Now there's a there's another team to watch. Uh, they just demolished New Mexico State, and they got some pro players uh, or some big guys that were potential pros. So. Uh, they can be pesky against Iowa. I mean, again, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, just so glad to have the conference tournament action back. I, I think last weekend is just as good as this coming up re- weekend. I mean, obviously for different reasons, but just action all over the place, and you really can't beat it. And because the teams are so familiar with one another, you are, you do get a lot of close games out of this batch, and particularly last weekend. It was great. It was really good. Um, so let me go to Andy and introduce him to the program, too. Andy, welcome to the show. How's it going tonight? It's nice. It's uh, 6.43 and it's not dark out. I've been arguing with people about daylight savings <laughs> versus standard time all day, though. People are like, I don't want, you know, when it's cold out, the sun doesn't come out till 8.30. And then the people that are against daylight saving, yeah, I don't know, SP versus fiddle times a million today. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> I guess you're on the board or something. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> yep, that time for sure. Man, I had a tough time getting up this morning. Yeah, that is hard. That is... It's a good trade-off. You're not going to be thinking when you're barbecuing on June 30th about that one day that you're a little groggy to get up. It's it's 
it's a small it's not even a small price to pay it's just you're right you, you just do it you're right you're right well andy we, we i i agree with john this is a tremendous college tournament season i guess you would call it uh, way better than the book the football one isn't it i mean so uh, let's get your thoughts yeah i was uh texting with john last week just like you know, usually I'm in, uh, been in Las Vegas for the conference tournaments, like from that Wednesday to Saturday and last Wednesday being at work, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I can't focus. I'm on, I need to gamble. I'm going home for lunch and I'm not focused at work was not a priority the last, you know, Thursday and Friday, not at all. I was writing down all the games and doing everything. And yeah, I, I caught John's little recap halfway through and, um, you know, a huge F, F you to Monmouth. If you want to talk about the smaller conferences, <laughs> God damn it, Monmouth and Tommy can join in. Uh, I know the seating, the seating were so weird. I mean, I think they just, uh, they did the seeds based on like conference wins and that conference had a lot of COVID COVID delay so you had these like Iona versus Siena as like a first round matchup when yeah. it really you know that was just so be bizarre and all this to say Monmouth was probably seated where they should have been and COVID or not COVID you gotta beat Fairfield you got please beat Fairfield I don't even care if you don't cover just win and they just laid a complete egg in the second half I think at one point they were down by 20 as a eight-point favorite. So you're basically down by 28. That's just embarrassing. That's embarrassing, Mr. Plodwick. We need to talk. Uh, <laughs> another FU goes to uh, Western Kentucky. I guess uh, John probably remembers better than I do, but they've just been cursed. Last year, I guess they would have been in the tournament because they actually won the Conference USA, but because of COVID, there was no tournament. And then, like, in previous editions, like, they would always go to like the conference finals and lose. And so this year was the same thing. Uh, they're up 48, 41 with about two minutes left in a second half where they had held North Texas to seven points because North Texas had 34 points at halftime. It was 48, 41 Western Kentucky with about two minutes left. Kentucky turns the ball over like three times in the last two minutes. Even still, they had a chance to win the game in regulation and only given one and a half and they couldn't get a shot. They basically turned the ball over. Uh, trying to feed a guy in the key with about uh, a second left, and they lose to overtime. Just a just a horrendous horrendous performance out of Western Kentucky. And yeah, I was, I was gambling on that. Um, I was on the wrong end of the stick with the North uh, New Mexico State Grand Canyon game. I figured the way Grand Canyon just totally destroyed Seattle by like thirty five points. I was like, maybe they ran out of gas, but uh, so I took New Mexico State and Grand Canyon ended up winning. Um, that'll be an interesting game. I don't think there'll be much defense in the Grand Canyon-Iowa game. Uh, yeah, FSU versus Georgia Tech, as I, I was ranting with John on Saturday <laughs> behind the scenes, like Florida State should run Georgia Tech out of the gym just based on talent alone. But they had so many turnovers, just so sloppy. If I could characterize – the ACC in one word would just be slop. Just so much, no respect for the basketball, just turnovers. Like Yachts was asking me what, what Clemson's deal is. Like I couldn't tell you what Clemson's doing, but 
you know, they let Miami Hurricanes hang around last week. It's just buyer beware in, in the ACC. But, you know, a team like UNC, you could have them win a bunch of games in a row. You know, they're pretty hot right now. They probably should have beat FSU in the conference semis um, on that Friday night. Just just a wild weekend. Uh, Oklahoma State, Tommy was mentioning it on Twitter. Um, just he thinks a lot of people just might take Oak State, be the trendy pick with Cade Cunningham. I don't He might be right. And if, if you don't if you don't compare that team with the Syracuse team with Carmelo Anthony, you're just not paying attention. No, I don't know. I don't know what the parallels are. But I remember Melo, you know, uh, I think they were three seed that year when they beat Kansas in the final four in the, in the championship game in 2000, 2003. And uh, I don't know if they – that was when Marquette was in there too. That was a good final four because Marquette had Dwayne Wade and – Candace had Heinrich and and obviously Syracuse had Carmelo and I don't remember the other team but anyway going back in time there yeah so you know Tommy could be right you know a team like Oak State that's gelling at the right time they could get hot and it's a one-man band and if you've watched a lot of Oak State games and I really haven't but I've seen my fair share it seems like Cunningham like doesn't take a lot of shots in the first half and lets everyone get involved. And then the second half, he just can become a gunner if he wants to. And he's, yeah, one man band as far as uh, the eye can see. Uh, yeah. Terrible job out of Creighton. I know bread loves Creighton, but I bad karma with McDermott in his comments. I, mm. um, I believe that. And Creighton, they just have like an Atlanta Falcons vibe to him. You can never really trust them. And if their outside shots aren't falling, uh, their defense isn't going to offset their shooting woes, and uh, I was not, I was not shedding any tears when they were getting embarrassed by Georgetown. And I think Dave, your, uh, your school is definitely a live dog. Very live dog. Yeah. Very live dog. Oh um, yeah. Pac-12 quick quick hits on the Pac-12. I was riding USC till I couldn't ride them no more against Colorado. That was a very interesting game. The degenerate Friday night late game. Uh, I took USC for the game. Also, bet them live when they were down 17, so I won that. But uh, Thad Boyle took the ball, took took the air out of his own ball, and almost uh, it almost came back to haunt them. You know, Colorado hit some big shots like with about half minute left. But you know, USC they they're very shaky too for some reason, even though they have a ton of talent. They got that guy Drew Peterson from Rice, obviously the Mobley twins, but Enfield is a do the least with the most kind of guy, kind of like Rick Barnes. And, uh, yeah, good congratulations out of Oregon State. Tinkle can, as I said on Twitter, he can squeeze blood out of a stone. He gets the most out of those guys. And, you know, they had some really bad losses at the beginning of the year, like losing to some, you know, Portland, uh, the West Coast Conference, or the big – you know, they had some really bad losses at the beginning of the year. And they, you know, great, kudos to them. And, yeah, they're a bid stealer. Uh, it was just a, I was into it all weekend long. Yeah. SEC, uh, Alabama, LSU, Bama minus six. It looked like an NF, uh, NCAA pigskin point spread. Uh, I will say this about Alabama. They play like a NBA team. They just, they shoot a ton of threes and they don't take mid range shots. They, the coach actually their practice court has like different lines. And so like the mid range, is only worth one point in their practice court. So he just, you know, very Houston Rockets analytic-y. 
But uh thing about Alabama is, yeah, they could give up 10-0 runs just as well as they can, you know, go on 10-0 runs, similar to Arkansas too. So, you know, those, those Alabama games, they have an NBA field with just the way uh, – they don't have a ton of structure with their offense and uh, you know, it's working out so far. Cause you know, the antithesis to that is a team like Ben Howland's UCLA teams where they minimize possessions. You know, Howland runs his team like a dictator. Like you can't create, you have to do exactly what I'm calling. And you know, those, you know, first to 50 slugfest. And the opposite is when, you know, Nate Oates has his team just run wild. Yeah, they do play good defense though. I I think their defense has been pretty solid all year, so they have a lot of possessions, but they definitely bring it on the other end as well. So yeah, that was a good game. LSU, Bama, man, that was a lot a of game. runs. A lot of just like six zero, eight zero runs. Yeah. Like just and if you're watching, got like you look up like how did LSU just score like eight points in a row? It wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. All right, let's go to Tommy. Let's get your recap of the tournament action. And Mike, okay, we need to. Danny touched on Iona. Number one, how is Iona not seated first? Like, I, they just seem like the best team. Uh, number one, um, and two, the disgrace that is Monmouth. <laughs> number three, Fairfield doing what they did. I'm just like, ah, this conference is tough to watch. I <laughs> let me give it to you. Hold on, Tom's got a mute here. Okay, well. Good thing I was muted because my kid was screaming up a storm just now, but that's fine. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't interrupt that often, but I think he's good now. Uh, his mom's with him, so he's all right. But, uh, yeah, every year, Mike, LT, Mike Plodwick says to me, Tommy, the Mac is wide open. It's wide open, which is code for the Mac sucks <laughs> because no one in that fucking conference is any good. They suck. My Iona should have been the one C, but they weren't because they missed like three months. And yet they still won the fucking conference. That just shows how bad the <laughs> conference is. And to lose to an eight and 16 team is a disgrace. I don't care what Mike says, how he sugarcoats it, how King Rice is such a great guy because he talks to him for two minutes every six months. And Mike doesn't realize that he's like a booster. So the head coach has to like be nice to him and like say hello and smooth smooth talks and be like a nice guy to him and mike doesn't realize that when it comes to the coaches and king rice might be a great guy but he's not a great coach <laughs> by any means and i remember a few years ago when monmouth made that run everybody was like oh king rice is a hot coach he might be going somewhere thank god he didn't go anywhere because he stinks he would have been fired after Two years, he would have been he would have been like Rick Patino and done. Oh man! Oh, you mean Rick Patino's kid? The, the, the son, <laughs> the son. What's his name? Yeah, they junior? just kicked, they just canned him. Yeah, he just got fired, or he would have been like Archie Miller and fired. Yeah, terrible, terrible. I can't believe how bad Archie Miller did at Indiana. He's horrible. Oh, uh, very bad, very bad. He, I don't think he had a 500 team for the four years he was at Indiana. He was terrible. Yeah, he was. And considering he was really good at Dayton, Dayton was like a hot team, and they had, they paid over 10 million to buy him out. Jeez, like Indiana. I, I forget who said it. It might have been Andy, but Andy was so right about Indiana. They're one of these programs that think they're like 20 times better than they actually are. 
They're yeah. not they're not any good anymore. And they're kinda like your team, Dave. UCLA. Oh, they're UCLA. Just not, yeah. They're just not they're not a top program anymore. Nah. It's it's sad. I don't think you uh John or Annie really mentioned the Big Ten that much. How bad was Michigan's final possession against Ohio State on Saturday? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was like it was like watching Lee Westwood on the tee after Thomas Eagles. Like completely <laughs> effed up. Didn't know what they were doing. Like shooting bricks. Like, come on. Yeah. Was that the same game that John Howard got ejected from? It might not. I think he got ejected the night before. That was against Maryland. But, so no. It was yeah, Michigan. you're right. You're right. Because yeah. what were they doing in that final possession? And I don't. I don't want to get into it, but I don't think Mich- Michigan. I think has the toughest bracket of all the uh, the number the number one seeds. I think their bracket is really tough. So I. I I if, feel for that. I and not only that, but Isaiah Livers is out for an indeterminate number amount of time. They said it would really be amazing if he made the tournament. That is, I'm a little surprised that this isn't getting. This isn't a bigger story. They're barely talking about this. They need him, don't you think? Nah. Oh yeah, it's kind of like uh, Dave's gonna laugh at me. I mean, Andy's gonna laugh at me, but it's kind of like uh, Villanova losing Gillespie. It's their heart and soul. They need him. to to play i'm i'm not gonna be like i I watch michigan every game but the games i've seen them play he's their heart he's their bet one of their best players they need him yeah so it's it's definitely a tough bracket for them and uh and what else i I mean andy was on the phone for like 20 minutes i think he covered pretty much everything oh the alabama lsu game i thought was awesome like what andy said their guard play they remind me a lot of villanova how they have just amazing guard play and they've got Quinterly, who actually was a player at Villanova. He transferred to Alabama, and he's a good player. And uh, who else do they have? Uh, I think his name's Shackleford. I don't know if he's an NBA prospect, but he's a good player. That LSU-Alabama game was really good. Now, I think Alabama is very dangerous. I know there are two seats, so me saying that's not like saying much, but I think they're a very, very good team. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, Florida State. Florida State. Like, I don't know what it is with them, but they just fall up. They just go like five or six minutes with just doing stupid stuff, like tons of turnovers. There's no way they should have lost that game. The Georgia, who was it to Georgia Tech? They should have won that game. And for them to lose that game, I'm, I'm just glad I didn't bet on that game because that would that would have killed me. I wish awful. I wish I didn't. They looked awful. And I, you know what it is? I remember years ago. Florida State had like a two or three seed and they had like a Friday night first round game at like 11 o'clock at night. And of course they lost those types of losses. You don't forget. And with London Hamilton's teams, they seem to lose these type of games every year in the tournament. He's a great coach. He's been there forever. And uh, Yachts and Andy and uh, Bobby and I were, well, Bobby wasn't right talking about it but uh Leonard Hamilton's been there forever and then he was with Miami and then Andy even brought up the fact that he spent one year as the Washington Wizards coach and he was terrible mm-hmm. absolutely terrible and then he got the he got the Florida State job but uh yeah I, I'm rambling at this point so uh you can you can take it from here Dave well 
I think you 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 guys have summarized it really well. I was such a big Florida State guy until, like, basically the last two weeks of the season. Like, the wasn't it Notre Dame that kicked their ass? Is that what the game you're talking about? What the hell is that? Like, that's number one. And then you just kind of snowballs from there. Then you have this this uh, no show against Georgia Tech. It's uh, it's 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 really showing me that uh, weird watching them. It's yeah, weird watching. Yeah. Cause you think that they, they have a be lot so of much... talent. Yeah, exactly. Like you could think you'd think they'd be so much better than than this. So but a- Andy and John put it really well. The ACC is just garbage. How many teams they got in? Six or seven? How did six or seven ACC teams get in? Like you, you look at some of these teams. Like the Big Ten, legit, is by far the best conference. I'm gonna take a lot of Big Ten teams just because of the fact that they. They, I feel as if where they get nine teams, they have by far the best conference. And I mean, I've watched a lot of big 10 this year for some reason. Yeah. I, I remember when we used to call it the brick 10 because they used to have terrible offenses, but the big 10 is really good this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, they, they, they've proven it to me. They've done well in non-conference play. Really the only, the real, the only real miss I can remember was when Iowa got pounded by Gonzaga, but there's no shame in that. Gonzaga is awesome. That's a great team. Oh yeah. There's no shame in losing. If, them. if Gonzaga doesn't make it this year to the final four, it's a disgrace. Absolutely. I mean, look at their bracket. It's so yeah, that easy. bracket's so shitty. That's, I just that's a joke. I think it's my. I think they're minus two eighty to win that that bracket. Minus two eighty. That's like unheard of. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I think Michigan is like plus two hundred. Yeah. You mean that's like the next best odds is Michigan? Yeah. No, that's... I'm just saying. I'm just saying the fourth best odds. I think Michigan's plus two hundred. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. But that's like Gonzaga's by far like the favorite to win the bracket. They really, it really is. It really is an easy bracket because I mean, I think maybe Missouri might give them a little bit of a scare. Maybe, I doubt maybe it. Oregon more. Maybe Oregon at the seventh seed because yeah, Oregon's been playing really well. But come on, no, nah, like, I don't see it. No, nah, I, I don't see it. Virginia's been in a bit of a funk too, so I can't even use them, you know. And Kansas is they're, they're going to lose to Ohio. Yeah, that's the upset of the of round. Like yeah. if you if you can get Ohio like plus eight and the money hit the money line right now because Virginia might not like they might be playing practice squad guys because, like their COVID situation. So hit that right now if you like Ohio. I think it's a fair opinion. point. It's I already very, did. So very fair point. Yeah, because it's probably gonna go down now because everybody's on it. Good point. Good call, John. Um so do you want to start with the West bracket? Like you can just get this out of the way. We can start looking into these. Well I did want to cover the bubble first before we do that. Okay, so on the bubble, um these were the last four in. Syracuse oh where's my ISO? Uh okay. Uh Syracuse, which is not a surprise, I think you figured they would get the benefit of the doubt in every possible scenario, so they're in. And I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, Drake, who will be in the first four, Wichita State, who will be in the first four as well, playing Drake, and Utah State. And I do think that Utah State is deserving. And I believe Boise State made it as well. So I don't know if they're part of the last four in or what, but they're in. No, no, they didn't make it in, did they? I don't even see Boise State in the brackets. No, I don't think they're in. So... Last four, the first four out, or last four in, first four out. First four out, Colorado State, Louisville, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. That we know. Um, and again, I don't really see much of an argument. Maybe a little bit for Louisville. I don't think so. Maybe St. Louis. I don't think so. Colorado State, 
John, I defer to you on that ruling. Ole Miss is kind of tough. I, I thought they were pretty good, but maybe not really. But There's so many teams that get into the bracket now, it's almost impossible to, like, screw it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the committee. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- is there really bubble teams left now? I feel like there isn't. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think there's much debate here. There's not, yeah, they don't. What was the biggest argument? That uh, Louisville? Maybe I would have said Louisville, yeah. But, I mean, you got Michigan State and UCLA in the first four, which is surprising, very surprising, but it's still not that shocking because, you know, they're kind of where UCLA was losing steam and MSU were having a tough start, so it's not like either team was that had a great record. So, I don't know. Yeah. John, anything as far as the bubble, or is this, we just should we just move on? Yeah, I mean, I really didn't follow, like, the, I mean, I obviously I followed college basketball, but I wasn't, like, checking, like, Joel and Artie and the other brackets, like, every other day, like I would usually do. It's just just such a strange year, like, you know, like we were saying before, Iona literally didn't play for, like, a month and a half. So yeah. it's just, just hard to evaluate some of the teams just because of, you know, not even schedules and whatnot. So mm-hmm. in terms of leaving teams in or out, it's it's whatever. Like, we have the brackets, so I'm not going to – rail on any any teams that got left out this year but i did think it was odd that michigan state got the play-in game yeah um i mean they beat three of the number ones like three wins over the number one seeds so like that's just that just seemed really odd to me i think maybe they wanted to like juice up that first four nights so it's like all right let's put michigan state versus ucla that'll give us some ratings um but i think in terms exactly of teams, why they get it yeah, yeah because without it, because like, look who the other game is. Look at the other well, games. Well, you have Wichita State and Drake, and then you have UCLA and Michigan State. And then, yeah. of course, you have the – I always found that it gets kind of shitty for the 16 seeds. Like, you you win your conference tournament, you, you're you in the tournament, but you're really not in the tournament because you got to play each other. Like, I think the first four should be, like, for the last – like, for just for the bubble teams. Like, get the 16 seeds into the bracket, in my opinion. But yeah. that's just that's just my thought. But – um. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with. I mean, some of the teams, like I said, are a little could be a little wacky. But in terms of teams in or out, I'm, I don't have any problem with, with who's in and who's out. All right, uh, Andy. So i I would have liked to see Colorado State in there because they got this guy named Roddy, and uh, <laughs> it's finally a yacht. But uh, no, because for, for the longest time there was like a chance that four or five. Mountain West schools could get in, you know, Boise State, Utah State, Colorado State, San Diego State, Nevada at one point. And, and then, uh, you know, you see Jerry Palm and Lenardi. And the, the last week, probably the first time I was actually like, all right, let's who, which teams are actually being posted on the, the first four out or the next four out or the last four in. And it was always like, you always saw these Mountain West schools. And, Ultimately, uh, Boise State didn't get in, and Colorado State didn't get in, and uh, I don't, I don't know why Wichita State got in at large. This guy Stuky on Twitter was making fun of him. I think John knows Stuky pretty well, but yeah, I don't. If I had my druthers, I would not want Wichita State in there. I would have liked to see another Mountain West school in there. Um, I'm on board with what all you guys said about. Michigan State getting the play-in game instead of Syracuse. Syracuse uh, was like one in seven in quad one games or something like that. And uh, I just, I don't get the logic. Maybe it is TV ratings. And yeah, it is funny how the times for these first four games are 
staggered. So like that 16 versus 16 matchup, like Alcorn State versus or App State versus North Fork State is going to start. And then like a half hour later, uh, like Wichita State and Drake's going to start. And unless you have two TVs or like degenerates like us, like no one's going to like continue to watch that 16 versus 16 matchup. They're going to switch and watch Drake versus Wichita State, same thing. Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern. You're going to, you know, maybe watch 20 minutes of that, and then Michigan State UCLA is going to come on. So, yeah, those 16 versus 16 matchups get completely buried this year with the format. Um, And, yeah, I mean, the bubble is always going to just raise, you know, it's fun to talk about the next day for a little bit. And, yeah, Dave, you nailed it. Like, Syracuse every single year is like 16 and 9 or, you know, 18 and 13 and on the bubble, like it wouldn't be the bubble without a Jim Behan. <laughs> and I saw sure. like, I'm not, I don't really care one way or the other that Louisville didn't make it. Like they, I, they didn't really do much for me this year. You know, ACC school, I'm not crestfallen for Louisville at all. Mm-hmm. Like I like watching, I'm glad they picked Drake. I was shocked actually that they picked Drake, but uh, funny thing, since I was only starting to pay attention to the last four in. Now, so I was like, Rutgers was a lock. Like I, excuse me. Like I, I didn't think Rutgers was a lock, but they're in. I, I'm looking forward to betting against Rutgers. Though, at some point. <laughs> uh, <geez. laughs> That's hey. the worst game ever. My God. It's like a, it, First game, first of 40 is going to win that game. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just going to be rough. That is rough. Be rough. Ron, Harp, Ron Harper is going to have to score like 50 points. <laughs> and I was I was worried too. Like they get to the last bracket and like there's two games left and UConn wasn't announced yet. And I'm like, all right, there's, is there something wrong here? Like it was literally the last game, like the last large game they announced was UConn, Maryland. I was getting a little worried. So thank goodness they got in. But that yeah. was scary for a little bit. Now I'm glad they got in. They played hard. It was a, it was a, they did a good job in the Big East tournament. Um, hey, I have an interesting random question. So the game between, let me get my bracket up, in the first four between uh, Norfolk State and no, 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 where's the Texas Southern one? Okay, yeah, Mount Saint Mary's and Texas Southern. This is actually surprisingly interesting to me. Who do you have in this one? Did anybody want to take a stab at it? Well, Dave, we're going to be betting all these. And actually, I'm just looking at the times right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like 510, and then the next one is at 627. So yeah. it's not a complete. So they'll, you'll be able to watch the end of the first one, and the, the second half or the end of the first half will be happening for the Drake Wichita. So they staggered it good. But I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I have to look into the stats a little bit more. All I know is Mount St. Mary's, they play at like a glacially slow pace. And Southern. Yeah, just from looking at like some of the advanced stat numbers. I remember the they had a game against Wagner. It's like it, it was the the total was so low and it, it still went under it. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I know that the SWAC is never too good, but it's I mean it's a pick 'em game for a reason. So we'll have to dig into that one before yeah. Thursday. Well, I did see some of the SWAC action, and and I'll tell you, Texas Southern is the absolute polar opposite of that. They are playing at one of the fastest paces. They went into overtime. I think one of the games they had like close to 180 points. Like it. It is such a contrast of styles. I am just very curious, just for my own my own entertainment, just who would win a game like that. So we'll see. Anyone else want to take a stab at it? Anyone? 
No? Okay. Let's move on. Okay, so the first four, we talked about it already. Um, we can just look into that first because I, I would be curious as to what you guys think in terms of who would win a game between UCLA and Michigan State. And, you know, the optics coming in, UCLA lost four in a row. They blew a big lead against Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament. So I'm actually going to give it to Andy first because he's probably got a better feel for the, for the, the Pac-12 side of it at least. Um, who would you take in that game? Yeah, I mean, just by logic, you would say Michigan State trending upwards at the same time that UCLA is trending downwards. And, yeah, I mean, Tinkle basically should send a couple cases of wine to Cronin because they, they, they were 32-16 when you yeah. tweeted Pac-12 tournament oh, just right. blow up Central. Right. And I was like, I had I had Oregon State getting five. So I'm like, ooh, now maybe we can Maybe Oregon State can make it a game. And, I mean, they obviously did. The game went to overtime. I think I was actually working that day, and I had to, to follow that on, like, the play-by-play on ESPN. It, it sounds like they called a horrendous foul late on Oregon State on an offensive rebound by UCLA. And so UCLA hit a couple of free throws to force overtime. But Oregon State ended up winning overtime. So – you know, without that, without that big comeback, Oregon State doesn't, you know, beat Colorado, beat USC, and beat Oregon. You know, it all started that UCLA game, and I'm not a, I'm not a Cronin guy. I've gotten burnt way too many times betting on Cincinnati, you know, in some eight nine game, and I'm just yelling at my office like, because I got Cincinnati and. I'm done. Like, I know his style. He plays really good defense, and they can grind it out. And I don't really know much about UCLA this year. I couldn't name anyone on the team, but, you know, I just know Cronin. And, uh, you know, that USC game a couple weeks ago when, you know, they kind of gagged that one, and UCLA or USC hit a three at the buzzer or close to the buzzer. Yeah, I would just have to take Michigan State. Uh, you know, they've kind of – played their worst basketball, put that in the rearview mirror. That was a long time ago. Um, you know, obviously they didn't look great against Maryland. They they were up early in that game and ended up game got away with them in the second half. But yeah, Dave, I you know, I take the Big Ten pedigree over this, you know, the one thing that you can say time and time again about the Pac twelve is just, you know, there's no stick to itiveness to some of these teams and kind of just beat up on one another so yeah i would take i would take michigan state in, in that game dave yeah it's a it's going to be a popular pick but for good reason you talked about how michigan state plays in such a tough conference and them making it this far is pretty good because the way they started it looked awful like they were losing i think they lost it to paul they had a tough start to the season but uh good on them yeah so uh very good john do you have a feel for that game we can we don't have to spend too much time on it yeah, I mean, logic would say you'd go with Michigan State. Um, just, again, on the coaching matchup, on how they have some some great wins, like I mentioned. Um, but, I mean, they had they played some big eggs, too. I mean, a lot of it was, like, kind of situational. Like, they beat they – beat, um, I believe it was either they beat Illinois or Ohio State, one of those two. And then the next game, they just completely laid an egg against Maryland. You could kind of see it coming. They had, like, two huge wins at home. And then – here they go playing at Maryland. It's such a sleepy letdown spot. But um, 
I, I would have to go with with Michigan State. I, I would I, that's that would be my choice. It might be trappy. I mean, the line's only two, but just based on their results alone, I think I have to have to do that. Um, if I'll just give a quick pick, I guess on the other game, if we're talking about that, um, yes, our friend uh, Stucky on Twitter, he just hates Wichita State. They they're just such a lucky team. They've won a number of games by like less than four points, and it's just. Um, they're basically like a fraudulent. They did beat Houston, so we'll give them credit for that. But I guess overall, they're just not a very um, – uh, they're a very lucky team. I know Drake had a, had a big injury before the season ended, so we have to check the status of, of that. But I, I'm, I'm going to go with Drake and um, Michigan State for the, for the play in action. And then the 16-seed games, we'll have to do a little more research on those. Sounds good. I, I was rooting for Drake in the, in the, in the MVC against uh, Loyola Chicago. It was close, but it didn't quite get there. Um, so, Tom, let's get any thoughts in the first four. Uh, no, I was just I, Michigan State. I think is clearly better, but we have to remember that these are kids, and that like they might not get up. I mean, they're gonna try. Obviously, they want to get up for the game, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. I mean, they beat Michigan. What I know, they beat them at least twice, maybe three times. It felt like they played each other like four or five times this year. <laughs> it, it, it seemed like every week they were playing each other. But uh, obviously, Michigan State is playing against better, better competition. But uh, I was laughing at what Annie was saying about following a game on your phone. There's nothing worse than a game you really want to watch, but you're at work and you're following it on your phone on ESPN because, like, when the game's like nitty gritty at the end there's always these pauses because they want to write out who scored and if something crazy happens. There's like a 30 second pause and you're like staring at your phone. Like what happened? What happened? And the worst is that if there's like a gate, a buzzer beater or like something happens crazy at the game, they barely even like give any update on it. They just say final score <laughs> or they put like, they put like 0, 0.0 on the clock and you have no idea what happened. It's so annoying. And there's nothing worse than following a game that you really want to watch on your phone. <laughs> I, know it I think I laugh because I laughed that this happened to me too. I'm like, especially like you have an over under and then it's like a buzzer beater yeah, at yeah. the end. Oh, yeah, it's awful. Oh, it's awful. the worst. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the brackets now. I mean, this tournament is going to be interesting. So as we were talking about, the schedule is a little different. The first four is on Thursday rather than Tuesday and Wednesday, and um, and we are going to have the first round begin on Friday rather than Thursday. And so the second part of the first round will be on Saturday rather than Friday. And then so obviously you do the logical inference, then the second round would be Sunday-Monday. But I think it'll be fine for this year. So um, with that oh, all – Dave, that, they're – People were pissed off at the board on the board about that. Oh yeah, Mondays. Yeah, and I was just like, five years from now, no one's gonna remember that we had games on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like I was like, oh, it sucks first, but it's like in the big picture, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, look yeah, what we were going through last year. I mean, at least right, they're playing exactly. this year. I mean, come on, they're just looking for something to bitch about. Yeah. And the way they schedule it on the second round, if I recall, that's going to be the same schedule as usual where they do like like th two or three standalone games before they really get into the, um, you know, when they when they segment it. So you'll have a game at like one game at 1230 and then one game at three. So theoretically, you're only going to miss if you're like if you have a regular like eight to five, nine to five job, whatever. You're only going to miss 
like two games if you you know if you stop watching. They, they, you can, they love yeah. putting like a one one eight for right. the second round standalone. They love putting like a marquee team for a standalone game. Because Villanova always seems to have that Saturday always, always, game. always. Yeah, they were Saturday, always 15 Saturday games. early game, and you're always yeah. shitting bricks because it's Jay Wright one, in the eight. second round. One, eight. Yeah, that's a good call. One versus eight Saturday morning out here. Yeah, so you're you're only gonna miss like if you're if you're really working. Like, it could be another day when you're not really working that hard in the afternoon. Whatever, it's, it's like two games, and then you'll get the rest like usual, where they do like the like five, six, seven, eight, nine for the for the rest of the start. So people just like to to bitch about everything. Yeah, that's that's the bottom I mean, line. And let's be real. How many people on the board actually give a crap about these games? Come on. Right. right. <laughs> they don't watch one bouncer in the And now let's be they watch less basketball than pretty much everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife watches more basketball than a lot of the board members. <laughs> You're not lying, man. All right, so let's get to the the brackets themselves. And we'll get the West out of the way, as we mentioned. It's the weakest bracket by far. But it's not the fault of Gonzaga. They're really good. And I think that's why they get this bracket, because they've earned it. They played very well, and their non-conference results were terrific. They really did a great job. So uh, it is all them. Um, we'll get into some of the other teams. I think John already cited one potential upset. Andy cited another one with UCSB. And Ohio was the other one that John cited. Um Eastern Washington, Andy, what do you think? Could they could they be in the mix? No, I didn't like how they closed out against uh, Montana State on Saturday because they were giving seven and a half and they were up big and they just they got they didn't get tight. I don't know. They just they got pretty sloppy. They're just I I don't think they're gonna be able to hang with Kansas for forty minutes. And we know Bill Self has Mongo tendencies, but I don't know. I, you look at Eastern Washington, they they just have like a bunch of earthy looking white kids that shoot threes. I, I don't <laughs> think it's the recipe for success to beat Kansas. Maybe hang with them for a little while. I just, no, I don't, I don't see they're, it. They're probably not athletic enough. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's going to be the problem for Iowa too. I don't really see the athleticism on that team. I mean, perhaps – I mean, they are good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Luca Garza, but I just feel like, who is their guy, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not. He's like a token college player. Just one of those guys that you know is only really just a college player. I don't think he's on any NBA boards because he's just not that type of player. But you know, you know, he's like a 20 and 10 guy in college. He is, and that's what he's done all year. 20 and 10, 20 and 10. But give him credit. But you're right. I can't argue that. I think Vital was really trying to stump for him during one of the games. I can't remember which one, but did you see Dick that video of Dick Vital thinking that one of those threes went in and it was a complete air ball? And he's going on and on about like he, oh, is that, that what happened? Yeah, because he, he was yelling, "Why did yeah, they foul? They shouldn't have fouled yeah, taking a three. And I'm like, he missed the shot. Why is he so? Oh, so he thought he made because it because he wasn't there. He was watching on, yeah, TV, was on and TV, and the yeah. way the ball trajected, it looked like it, it could. It kind of looked like it went in because it hit the net. Oh, yeah. So he thought it went through, and like, I, who was doing the who's do, who does the play by play? Was it with Houston? Uh, do you guys remember? I, I don't know, but he didn't help him out at all. He it might. He didn't. Uh, like, well, it was the SEC, right? So then I think it was. Wait, was it? Yeah, 
Because so I would have been. I think it was Carl Ravitch then. Yeah, because it was. The he episode. didn't help him out at all. Yeah, he just left him there, like uh, by true. himself. He didn't say anything. He I didn't notice him. that he thought that they made it though. I just yeah, thought he, he thought he made it. He did. He was You're right. He did th- that he was he was livid. I was surpri- I was like, wow. But yeah, you're right. He totally missed the, misjudged it. But that's what happens when you watch these games on the TV. I know. It's totally different. It is totally different. I feel bad for them, especially someone that old. Yeah. Who, I mean, like, come on. He needs every every advantage he can get. He's got to be there. Otherwise, yeah. he, he's going to be, be missing a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's got good energy, though, considering all things uh, he, His energy is always going to be there. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of like Marv Albert. Like, Marv Albert should, if you've watched any NBA games with him, he, he's, he doesn't have anything left either. <laughs> some of these guys should be retiring. I hate yeah, saying it, but yeah. someone like Marv and these guys should be retiring. He's been so great, but yeah. the time comes for everybody, you know. But just don't get to Pat Summerall level. That that's rough. Don't ever. Oh, get, yeah, like, that, that was rough. The absolute worst. <laughs> 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 All right. So in the West, um, yeah, Gonzaga obviously the team to beat. A lot of lot of potential upsets. Uh, John, I'm going to give it to you. You know, let me get your thoughts. You already mentioned Ohio as a big possible upset. What else do you see in this bracket? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to go with the rare 12-13 second round matchup with Ohio and UCSB. I know Andy mentioned it earlier before. I think, you know, Creighton is just one of those teams. I just, I, I don't know. I, I They're like just very fraudulent in my opinion. And um, UCSB, I don't know much about them from this year, but I know they're, they played pretty good defense, and they just seem to have just dominated their their conference this year. Um, so I'll have to do a little more research into them, but the spread is pretty low. And I Creighton just lays so many eggs at, at just any point in time. You just you just, just can't trust them, especially what's going on with their coach lately. Um, and then they never come through at all. So if you're going to take a chance on some upsets, I think this is the, the, the pod to do it, uh, the 12-13 matchup. Um, we'll get in the second round with Creighton and um, – I'm sorry, UCSB in Ohio is what we'll go with. Um, I think Wichita and uh, Drake, whoever wins that one, I think USC will handle either one of those teams. Um, Eastern Washington, I don't know. Kansas might have a have a COVID situation, so we'll see about that, If who's missing and who's not. Um, and then uh, Oregon, VCU, I think Oregon is actually the one team that maybe could – give Gonzaga some trouble outside of the Oregon state game, which they lost in the tournament um, Pac-12 tournament. They've been great for the last what, month or so. I mean, they were, they were kind of having their own issues of, of their own. And then they just kind of went on a really nice run and then um, just had that one loss. But I don't, I don't think that's going to, that's going to affect them any. So if any, I would just obviously Gonzaga is going to win this region, but I would say Oregon is probably has the next best chance to knock them off. I mean, Iowa, their style of play, like if their threes aren't falling, I mean, they can be beat. There's like they're kind of like, kind of like Villanova in a way, in that obviously they have a little more size, but they just they just chuck threes the entire game and just play at a fast pace. So I could I could see them easily losing to to Oregon, say in round two. I'm not gonna say Grand Canyon can beat them, but I really did like what I saw from Grand Canyon. I might take Grand Canyon to cover that game in the first round, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm doing um, it too. But, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I, love this I don't think I'm not gonna go that far with the, with the upset win, but I think they definitely can them for, for a little bit um and then the other game i mean oklahoma missouri i mean go figure like 10 years ago this would you couldn't play this game because these teams are in the big 12 together um so it's an old conference game but yeah i can't figure out this one i guess i would go oklahoma just because of the conference but uh, 
I don't know. They they've really fallen apart lately down the stretch. So um, yeah, not a not a great region. Gonzaga should come out of here. But I would say either Gonzaga, uh, the two teams that have a chance, I would say to get to the elite eight, I would say would be Oregon, and then that twelve thirteen um, round two uh, scenario, which I think is has a good chance of happening. Pretty cool. So let's go back. Let's go over to Andy. Let's get your thoughts on the West. Yeah. Just to parrot John, like I love that 12-13 potential matchup. I love doing that at least once a like once a year anyway. Like now the five twelve like everyone picks the twelve, but I mean there's there's some juice with your team. And yeah, like I'm down on Creighton. I watched a lot of that Big West tournament for all the wrong reasons last week, but just watch way too much UC Irvine, watch way too much UC Riverside, watch way too much Cal Poly, but <laughs> I was into it. Big West, now, baby. what's funny about this conference is like, not conference, it's brackets, like we know Gonzaga has like the easiest path to come out of it, but like your personal bracket could look very messy because of all the jump. Like, yeah, we could predict the 12, 13 matchup, but it's not, it might not happen. And then like, so your bracket looks like crap. Also, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Dave, like a lot of people like to fade Kansas. A lot of people might want to fade uh, Iowa, but if you do that, then you're, you're putting your faith in U S you know, USC and Oregon PAC 12 schools. Like you can't really trust PAC 12 schools either. So like, it's easy to just pencil Gonzaga to win four games and get to the final four, but your bracket, like the rest of the games, like it's, it just looks like it's almost like every game might as well be an eight, nine when you're picking the bracket, <laughs> you know, Oklahoma, Missouri, yeah. that reminds that me that is like, an eight, nine. Yeah. That is an eight, nine. But I, I, someone says Oklahoma, Missouri, I think of like a cold football game, you know, in late October, uh, you know, old big 12 matchup. And yeah, like, it's just, it's just tough. These games are tough. I, if you want USC, USC, I have USC Oregon as a Sweet 16 matchup, and then you can also see both those teams losing in the first round. So yep. it's like buyer beware. But that's that's the fun of the the bracket. And yeah, so this region is very easy for Gonzaga, but it's very hard for you know us real athletes putting the pencil to the bracket. <laughs> but I do think we are we have the right idea as far as who wins it. I think Gonzaga will win it. I agree with you guys. I think that they'll be the winner. But yeah, you have to you have to tread water with all the other picks. That's that's how you stay in it. That's a good point. Um Tommy, let's get your thoughts on the West. I, I think a, a good point is that a lot of people are just gonna go chalk, especially with the bracket like uh, that Gonzaga's in. Obviously, everybody's going to pick a Zaga, but it's about the other matchups. So you're going to have to pick a 12. You're going to have to pick upsets to win your bracket over other people and get those extra points that people are going to lose out on. So if you get the 12 or 13, yeah, you go, you're, you're taking a big chance. But if a 12 or a 13 win and you have them, that's a huge advantage for you in your overall bracket. And those points are going to probably make a difference because otherwise it's going to probably be chalk. Yeah. So, and then if, if you're picking chalk along with everybody else, what the hell, what the, what's the point? Like, I mean, then you're just, then you're like in tied for first with 500 other people who pick chalk. <laughs> go, go guns going or 
balls deep and try pick an upset, you know? But um, yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, I, I gave you guys the odds for Gonzaga already. So it's minus 260, I think, for them to win the bracket. So uh, it, it'd be a huge shocker if they don't get to at least the final four. And if Mark Few doesn't win the tournament this year with the players he has, the NBA players he has, it's a crime in my book. I mean, he's got to, he's got to win it this year, in my opinion. I mean, he's had so many great teams, so many chances, and he, he gets a lot of, a lot of people give him a pass, but I think he's got to get over the hump this year. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can give him a pass if they get to the championship game and they play. What they lose to Baylor. Yeah, like or Illinois. I, I think they're better than them. Look they, at their roster compared to Illinois. I concur. Illinois got a good team, but come on. Oh, Illinois is good though. That's a good team. They're good. They got a couple good NBA players, mm-hmm. but not. They're not like Suggs. They're not. Right. They're not Gonzaga. Yeah, Suggs is Suggs is the truth. That's true. That's true. Um, by the way, do you guys want to go with the South next, the East, or the yeah. Midwest? Flip a coin, Dave. I think we'll go with the East just to see what the deal is, how far Michigan will go. And I, I'm looking at my bracket, and I already feel like I picked them to go too far. I really do. I kind of want to change it. Like, I have them going all the way to the Elite Eight, and I, I don't like that. I don't like them all the way in the Elite Eight. John, I'm going to give it to you first. Who do you see out of the East, and what, 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 what challenges and what upsets do you see uh, within this regional? Yeah, this is a tough one because, as you guys pointed out, like, no, no livers is huge. And someone made the point, it was kind of like, um, remember Virginia lost, uh, I think it was DeAndre Hunter right before the tournament three years ago. And that's when they lost to UMBC in the first round. Like you just completely changed their their whole way of playing. And it just, it really affected them. Uh, I'm not saying Michigan's going to lose to Mount St. Mary or Texas Southern. I don't think they will, but... I mean, the LSU St. Bonaventure, I, I'd say the winner of that game is very live in the second round. Um, they, you know, that's a tough game to pick. I mean, you know, we, we like the A-10. We, we like this St. Bonaventure team. They're very impressive. But, I mean, LSU, can they can score with anybody. Um, that guy, Warden, he's, he's, a, he's a real player. So, I don't know. That, that's a, I have no idea what I'm going to do with that game. That's a, that's a tough game. Um, and then, really, the rest of the, the region, it's just – I mean, do, do we really trust Florida State to get to the Final Four? I mean, I don't. I don't trust Leonard Hamilton. Do we trust te- Texas? Do we trust Shaka Smart to get to the Final Four? I mean, their their team is good, but I don't know. I don't, can't trust him. I mean, Bama. We we talked about them. I mean, they have a, a you know a very analytical kind of style of play. They got um, um, great guards. They played great defense. But they've never really been in this position before, you know, as like a two seed kind of a favorite going in. So this is really tough, honestly, Dave. I have not filled out a bracket, so I'm not. I can't say who I'm going to go with in this region. Um, in terms of upsets, I think everyone's going to jump on Georgetown and Colorado. Um, I think Georgetown. I mean, there's a great story, and I think I honestly, I think Ewing used the the the, the story of him like getting you know, um, carded for, for identification at Madison square garden. Like I think that was used huge motivation yeah. for his team. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, I think that was a major factor in them going on that huge run, but I think, I don't think they're very, very good. Um, I think Colorado is going to beat them. I think there's a temptation for that upset. I'd love to pick Greensboro against Florida state, but Florida state, I mean, I mean, we guys, 
you you know they they're incredibly talented. They can play like ten ten guys every game. Um, I I just don't know if Greensboro has enough to beat them. Uh, the Michigan if Michigan State beats UCLA, they probably can probably will beat BYU. I would say that. Uh, my my UConn team again. They have a great guard. Book Knight is fantastic, and they play great defense. So I could see them being kind of a sleeper team, but I don't know if they can get all the way to the Final Four. And this region is just all messed up. I will say I really like this Abilene Christian team. Um, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to beat Texas or they're, they're going to go on a run, but they play great defense. They're number one in like turnovers forced in in the country, and um, I, I, I'm again like just like the Grand Canyon game. I'm definitely going to be betting Abilene Christian with the spread uh, against Texas. Um, but again, like I, I just I just don't know who I'm going to take with this bracket. I think the LSU St. Bonaventure winner could beat Michigan, so that could really throw things into a you know throw a monkey into the wrench or monkey in the wrench here. But um, I don't know if this is this is a really 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 tough bracket. Yeah. So I will defer to the other guys while I think about this for a couple of days. Sorry, <laughs> Dave. I'm less decisive on this one. I don't blame you. This is hard. I, I was having a tough time too. Cause in the beginning of the, in the middle of the season, I was off oh, Florida state all the way. Oh yeah. Florida state. I'm going to, I actually thought I literally thought about putting a futures bet of Florida to win the national championship in the middle of the season. I am so glad I didn't do that. My goodness, that team just too much when it comes, they just laid too many eggs this year. So then I'm like, well, Bama's good, but they can be very vulnerable if they don't shoot the three. So that's tough. So anyway, I'm gonna give it to Andy. Maybe you can give us a, an idea. Who do you? Who would you take to get out of this this uh, this regional? It's it's a very tough one. I mean, it is. I mean, this format for this tournament is just what's great about it. And college basketball, in a nutshell, is just <laughs> is just they're kids and they they shit their pants <laughs> in very big spots. I mean, that's it's natural. It's very nerve-wracking and obviously all it takes is one you know four minute stretch of horrendous basketball and then you're up against it if you're a really good team you can play really bad for four minutes and then everything that you've played for is you know you're up against it so you know it's funny about Florida State is they've been their own worst enemy they don't shoot free throws well and they turn the ball left and right but you know they could definitely win this bracket if, if they clean their, you know, they clean it up. I have them winning a couple games. I got a lot of like football matchups here, you know, Michigan versus FSU, Texas, Alabama, Michigan, Alabama, all the potential for these matchups. Yeah. Uh, I am a Atlantic 10 Homer. So I will be filling in St. Bonaventure against that LSU eight, nine matchup. The thing about LSU especially in the beginning of the season in the middle of the season, their defense was atrocious, but it seems like they cleaned it up a little bit in the sec tournament. You still worry about their uh, situation awareness late in games. Uh, this St. Bonaventure coach, I'm guessing he's going to move on at some point because uh, a lot of Atlantic 10 coaches do once they, uh, they parlay their success to like a better job stepping stone scenario. So a lot of, I'm guessing he'll get some offers soon enough. Uh, yeah. Echoing what John said, I have Michigan state 
if they beat UCLA, I can see them having their way against BYU. I never really like taking BYU in tournaments. Uh, UConn, it always seems like when they're a seven seed or an eight seed, that's when they're most dangerous. Uh, but I, being a Bama Mongo, have Bama going pretty far. And yeah, with the uncertainty with the Michigan injury, um, I'm just—I might just ride this Bama, just ride the Bama team until they can't be ridden, ridden no more. And, you know, they could go 0 for 10 in the first eight minutes of their game against. You know, they're gonna beat Iona. I, I, if they don't beat Iona, maybe I'll get Iona tattoo on my butt cheek. <laughs> I, I think they're gonna be. I think they'll beat Iona. Uh, but you know, if guy they, though, Patino. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't know. I don't think they have a guy that's like taller than six six. And, <laughs> no, I think they do. I think they have like a, a tall guy from from Africa. But you know, all this to say, I don't think Bama is gonna be on the upset for Iona. But the UConn could definitely give them a, a, a run for their money. And um, I'm just trying to find out when Shaka Smart is going to lose. I I don't think Abilene will beat him outright, but like John, I, I'll definitely take Abilene getting the points. And, you know, maybe Texas does win a couple games this year, but I'll be waiting to fade him. I'll be waiting to fade him. Maybe the Sweet 16 matchup, if it's against Alabama, definitely take Alabama. But, yeah, this is a uh, – it's got a lot of juice. This East bracket's got a lot of, you know – brand named team recognition as opposed to the the west now i didn't catch your your stance with the georgetown colorado game would you oh have a- yeah um same with same with john i don't i don't think georgetown's a live dog for this oh. i think they've yeah they're they've i mean i think they're they've done everything they could at this point it was a great story it was uh i mean I think they're fortunate to play Villanova with Villanova without their best player. Mm-hmm. And um, who'd they play in the semis? Did they play? Was it Seton Hall? No. Was it? I think it was Seton Hall. It was, okay. It was Seton. And yeah, that, Seton Hall, they're not any special. So yeah, I don't, I think Georgetown, good story, but they're not, I don't think they're going to win a game in the tournament. Funhouse me if they do, but <laughs> and Colorado's offense can be kind of can, can yeah, be kind but of Col- they got two guards that can shoot good threes. I think yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. I think they're better than Georgetown. I think they're better. All right, I mean, look, I, I I mean, they should they should win that game. There's no question they should win that game. So well, we'll see how it goes. Um, back to Tommy, and let's get you a look at the East. Where do you see the upsets? Uh, I watched a lot of Georgetown, obviously, because I'm a big East homer. Uh, they they played their asses off last week. And I don't think they're gonna have any anything left. I think the other two set it perfectly. They have nothing. I don't think they're gonna have any gas left. Uh, they left it all on the court this, for the Big East tournament for Patrick. Uh, so I don't think they have anything left. Uh, what else? I think you, the UConn Bama matchup is gonna be awesome. I mean, you got. Oates at Bama, the head coach who used to be the head coach of Buffalo. He's a really good head coach. You got UConn with Dan Hurley. I mean, he's Dan Hurley. As soon as you say Hurley, you know it's a great coach. So you got him and you got Booknight 
against Bama and their guard play. That that's just gonna be an awesome matchup. I I, I kind of like UConn just because I'm a Big East homer, but after watching Bama in the tournament, it's hard to pick pick against them. I, I just think they're they're a legit really good team, and I, I'm I haven't filled up my bracket like John hat John hasn't either, and I don't think any's filled up his because it's all what what's every this is Monday, so it's very very early. Yep. But I think I don't think I'm gonna take Michigan. I think I'm gonna. I think this is gonna be. There's. It seems like every year there's a fuck up bracket where everything just topsy turvy turvy. Something happens where none of these teams make it. I think this Michigan bracket is it. I think I'm gonna take um, either Alabama or Florida State. I, I've taken Florida State way too many times in the past and I've been burned. I, I don't think I could do it again. I mean. It's just going to be too tough. I, I, I re- I've really only gotten to Alabama with that tournament, but I really like the way they played with their guard play. It reminded me a lot of Villanova, and I think guard play is huge in these tournaments. Absolutely. At, like, like having a great big man is great, but with these tournaments, guard play is huge, and I, I really like their guard play. Uh, so I think I'm probably going to take Alabama. It's... It's going to be interesting for me to make a call on it. My initial instinct was Texas, but you know, and it's because they had some quality wins over the course of the season. Like they, they beat... got a great head coach too. Yeah, he's got hair now. He's got hair. Yeah, Same his mom. hair's bald. <laughs> I never knew That's he had so hair. So weird. That was. That is. I never even knew. So how about? I that? thought he was bald for a reason. I guess not. Yeah, that I was... thought he had no hair. <laughs> Same here. I, I I was I was shocked. I was like, whoa. I know. So uh, I think I'll just stick with it. So, but I don't. I don't think I would have loved any of these. Like if I had picked like Florida State, I already mentioned why I don't like Florida State and Bama. I do like Bama. I think Nate Oates is a terrific coach, absolutely. Um, but they're wild variants. I think they remind me too much of the Rockets in that way, where their dependence on the three pointer. Well, the old Rockets, but with with Harden. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope they get there. I guess this is my. That's what I would would get, would say. Because they are really, 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 really fun to watch. It's a tremendous team. They play hard. Their defense is terrific. I really hope they make it. So I'll pick Texas, but not not with any kind of confidence. So John will give us his pick at some point in the future. <laughs> Meanwhile, let's go to the South, where I don't know if the decisions are that much easier, honestly. I mean, I'm down on Ohio State. I'm down on Baylor. I don't really like a lot of these teams. I don't know anybody on Purdue. Texas Tech is simply – oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I do like Arkansas, I guess, and uh, Florida was easy to root for until that guy elbowed the Tennessee guy. That that was that made it tougher, but they are a good team. So I'm going to give it back to John. Let's get your look at the South. Yeah, Baylor clearly was not the same team when they came back from their – COVID pause. Um, I mean, they had some, I mean, they were just blowing away teams before and then they came back and they had a, had a few losses. They played a few bad teams and the, the only bad teams in the conference pretty close. I think they had a close game with Iowa state and won a conference game all year. Um, and then obviously they lost in the big 12 tournament to um, Oklahoma state. So they're clearly not the same team that they were in the start of the year, but they're still really good. So maybe this little break kind of gives them, time to refine or you know find whatever they had before um because I, I agree with you dave i don't love any of the other teams here in this bracket 
Um, Ohio State is they're pretty good. I just you just hate I don't know. It's just I have a hard time like putting their name there in, in the <laughs> final four. I don't know I don't know what it is. Um, they're clearly very talented and obviously they play in a great conference and they um, they almost beat they beat almost beat Illinois the other day. I mean they're a good team. I just I just I don't know. There's just a mental block for me. I would guess I would say with with Ohio State like in basketball, but um. You know, Arkansas is they're you know a run and gun kind of team with with muscle men. The only thing about his teams, we saw it with Nevada, like there's no structure to their offense. It's basically, all right, guys, like just take the ball and shoot. Like there's just no there's no plays. It's just it's like all hero ball kind of kind of action. And we saw that I think that Nevada team that he had, which was amazing, like in terms of the, the talent they had, and they just they get I think they. If I remember they gave they um, had a they blew a huge lead against somebody in the tournament. I don't remember who it was. Um, or you know what? No, I, I'm I'm misremembering it. They they were down like 25 points to Cincinnati and came back and won. And then I think they lost the next round to Loyola Chicago. Loyola, it was like yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think they they blew that. Uh, there's an and then there's the next years they they bowed out in the first round. They were awful. They just had like a you know they were trending down all year and they got blown out. But in any event. He, his style, his, that's a very like they, they could go win the region or they could lose to Colgate because Colgate plays the same way. It's just like a run and gun, like mm-hmm. shooting three pointers kind of team. Like the total is going to be, I think the total is like 160 something or something. And um, it just goes to show you how much of a joke the net rankings are. Like Colgate was like 10th in the net rankings basically this year. And they played like 10 games in the Patriot League and they played three teams because they had like a pod system set up where they played like the same teams three times uh, or four times for their all year. Um, so that, that's going to be a fun game, honestly. Like if you like points, that's the game for you. Um, Texas Tech, is there's just been something wrong off of them all year. It just, I don't know, they just really don't score. I mean, they're always going to play hard and like, you know, rebound. And, you know, we know Beard is a good coach. I, they'll probably beat Utah State. I was just was not impressed with Utah State. Um, I mean, they have, they have that big guy, Kata, is phenomenal, but I, I feel like Texas Tech is a better version of San Diego State, and San Diego State just handled them easily. So I, I would think Tech would win that game. Yeah, that Purdue-North Purdue, Texas, I mean, North Texas is a tough team to watch. I mean, my <laughs> God. They play, again, they play a glacially slow pace, and they can't score. Like, their games are – they, they're going to want to win this game like 45 to 42. Like, I don't think they do it against Purdue. Um, obviously, Tommy can give us the lowdown on Nova. Everyone's going to be picking Winthrop. I'll be honest. I don't know hardly anything about Winthrop. I know they're 23 and 1. I don't know. I'll have to look at their schedule to see, you know, if they really beat any good teams. I guess they have some good guards. I, but, I mean, Nova looks lost without Gillespie. But, I mean, figure if they can win maybe one game, this, this might be it. Um, the North Carolina Wisconsin matchup. I'm mean, who the hell knows with this one. I mean, I think I lost every single bet I put on Wisconsin <laughs> this games this year, whether it be betting on them to get like a big win or then like, I'm like, all right, fuck these guys. They suck. And then they beat me when I went against them. So I, I just, I just can't get back. back to them right. Um, and then the Florida Virginia tech game. I, I don't even know why Virginia tech is in the tournament to be honest with you. I just, I mean, I don't think Florida's great either, but I just I just don't like Vontax. So I, I'll go with Florida in that one. So over I guess I would say overall for this region, like the more I'm just talking out loud, I probably end up going with Baylor. 
And I know that's dicey because Scott Drew, um, but they're they're really talented. And like I said, they were dominating before they had their COVID plus. So hopefully they can find something again and and, and get to the final four. That that would be kind of be my pick. I, I just don't I don't like any of these other teams here in the, in this region. Well, it's a it's a decent pick, honestly. I mean, it's, you just would not have confidence with anybody else. It's definitely not Ohio State, and barely with Arkansas, right? So, I mean, uh, I will say that I did pick Arkansas to come out of this uh, out of the South, but that doesn't really mean a lot. Tommy, I do want to hear. Oh, well, when we get you back, I, I I will share a couple of quick hitters in Winthrop. They play at a really wicked pace, but they also are a good defensive team. But I do think they are a little undersized. The one guy that really stood out to me. When they were playing in, I think it was the Big South tournament, uh, DJ Burns, who was their guy on the inside. He's a really good paint guy. And he had a great game in the championship. He was really good. But I do wonder if he might be overmatched against most of these Power 5 schools. But he definitely had a big day. I mean, he's not the only one. It's a good team. They played very well this entire season. They were undefeated for a lot of the season, actually. So fascinating year for Winthrop. And, again, the blistering pace. Uh, with them, so it's going to be another contrast of styles in this twelve-five matchup. Um, yeah, I'll be on the Winter bandwagon too. Uh, I mean, not necessarily. Well, actually, both. I will take him. I'm kind of thinking that there could be that that run for them, as we see a lot of times with a twelve or a thirteen or whatever. So, Tom, uh, let's get your take on it and the rest of the South. Who do you have coming out of there? What What's funny is that uh, when the bra- when the selection show was going on, I wasn't home. So I was texting Dave <laughs> for who Villanova was playing, what seed they got, and um, obviously who they were playing. And I was pissed that they didn't get a six seed because I'd rather be a six seed than a four or five because then you got to play the you got to play the one seed eventually quicker than the six seed would. So I was pissed that they got the five seed. And then Dave tells me who they play, and I'm like Winthrop. And then Dave knows, obviously, I've never seen Winthrop play. And Dave's like, oh, I saw them play like four or five times. I'm like, where, 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 when have you seen Winthrop play? <laughs> and then he's telling me how great they are and how they're going to have trouble. And then he says, uh, but I think Villanova's going to find a way to win. <laughs> Villanova's been terrible. Yeah, like for the, yeah. they, Outside of one Creighton game where they won, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, they've been They've been garbage, so I would not trust them to win. They don't. The problem is they don't score enough points. They really only have uh, Robinson, Earl, Samuels, and they had Gillespie. So they really only have two guys who can re- traditionally score fifteen to twenty points a game. I mean, they're they're relying too much on Moore, who's got a sprained ankle. Uh, they're they're going to have a lot of trouble scoring. So I don't. I think if they beat Winthrop, and I think the game's Friday at like 9.50 at night Eastern time, so it's one of the last games. But uh, if they beat Winthrop, it's going to have to be a really ugly style game because I don't think they're going to be able to score enough points. And uh, the, the, the rest of that bracket just sucks. I agree with John. It's just throw it up in the air, pick, it, pick anyone. Yeah. I, I think Baylor is clearly the pick, but uh, I, I really don't know who else you can pick in that. I, I will say I do like North Carolina in the 8-9 game. I think they could give Baylor some trouble, but not enough to win. So I, I really just think Baylor is clearly the favorite. As, yeah, I mean, that that's the one thing you can say about Baylor is that they should have a fairly easy path. Maybe North Carolina would be the toughest game they play there, in my in my view. 
So we will see if again if they get that far. That I, I think, hard... I, Go ahead. I think a lot of these one seeds, like obviously Gonzaga and Baylor, they're clearly a notch above. And I know a lot of people like saying, oh, it's wide open. So many of these teams can win. I really don't see that this year. I think there's only a, a handful of teams that can really win the national championship this year. And I, I really think it's Gonzaga's year to lose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just I can't see Baylor losing this bracket. I find it interesting that with every like with every um, level that they can be tested, like with every challenge that Gonzaga's had, they've really – proven me they really won me over and i think the 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 wcc tournament was the latest example like oh here comes st mary's let's ha- let's see what happens with them they killed them and then the game against byu i think for the championship was a tough game they got it well, it seemed it seemed like mark few was like fucking with the team he wanted this team to have like a good game like to have trouble in one of these games I think he kind of liked the fact that they were losing to BYU for yeah. what a half, and then they yep. they stormed back in the second half, yeah. and ended up winning by double digits, I think. But uh, yeah, I remember they had trouble in that game. I think Mark Few probably was a little happy about that, seeing that his because outside of that, when have they really had any tough games to play? Yeah, I mean the conference wasn't giving it to him most of the season, so it was it was a little it was refreshing to see them losing a game like. They were the the ticker on my phone. Like I got all these notifications. Oh my goodness, Gonzaga is losing a game. That's that's literally like I think that's the first deficit they've had in a while. So uh, it was it was cool they got out of that. I think that was very cool. So I agree with it. I think it's really cool. So um, that is well, that's that's the story from uh, all these one seeds. I think we're left with one to go, the Midwest. And I'm gonna give this one to Andy first. First of all. I know we guys are down on Georgia Tech, but I I don't know if I love old Loyola Chicago. Maybe I'm undervaluing them, but I don't love them. But we have a lot of, like, coach ineptitude potential. Rick Barnes against Oregon State, for example. Um, uh, who else? Well, Rutgers against Clemson, but that's not a coach. Do you know that's really hilarious? We, we were, like, almost like an, like an hour and a half into this thing. We haven't talked about Houston once. That's really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, but uh, Andy, I'll give it to you first to break down the Midwest bracket. Uh, who do you have coming out of here? Oh. Well, I should tell you a couple things about Houston. Uh, Kelvin Sampson's the coach, uh, and their best player, or one of the best players, was a UMass transfer, Giroux. Uh, and they look pretty good against Cincinnati yesterday, mm-hmm. covering the 12 and a half. Uh, and winning the American. Um, and so their two seed, I guess, is is warranted. Um, I think this is Illinois' bracket to lose. In fact, uh, you know, I I like Illinois a lot. Um, I am down on Passner. I've never really been a Passner guy. I think he's. I think I tweeted it. He kind of. He's like the love child of 1980s Bruce Springsteen and peak Adam Sandler mid-90s with the curly hair and everything. Uh, but So I'll go with Layola, Sister Jean, one more time. Uh, I'll be a clown and, and go I know I, – I think this could be a very big mistake, but I'm pretty stubborn. I'll bet against – I'll be anti-Barnes and pro-Tinkle. I've, I've liked Tinkle when he was a coach of Montana, but – you know, I'm not stupid either. Like, 
Tennessee is still a good team. They got great defense, but they just kind of do, you know, I don't, you know, it's just that Rick Barnes DNA it follows him wherever he goes. They just, they do some unfathomable things in games. So, you know, I, I'll take Oregon state. So be it. And, uh, you know, I think Oklahoma state, uh, as Tommy mentioned on, on his Twitter, like, a lot of people might pick them just to win a bunch of games because of Cade Cunningham. Uh, I don't know much about Oklahoma State's coach, to be honest with you. I don't know much about Oklahoma State except for Cade Cunningham. Uh, you know, that San Diego State Syracuse. I want to funhouse the Jerry Palm for a minute because he was like, oh, there's no way, like, the best San Diego State's going to get is like an eight or a nine because people on that show like Zuckerberg and Rothstein and Wally, it's a great show, but they were like, why is Palm projecting them to be like an eight or a nine when they're like 19th in the country? And he's like, well, their strength to schedule hasn't been that good, but you know, so they got a six seed, which is good for them because they're like, they're better off getting like a seven or a 10 seed than an eight or a nine because then you don't have to play a, a one seed and so they'd avoid Illinois. Um, I think that's – I'll take San Diego State to to upset upset Syracuse. I, I, bet, I bet that point spread's close to pick them. Um, yeah, I'm not – you know, you know how I feel about about Syracuse. So, you know, let's go Aztecs. I, I, I'd rather root for the Mountain West over the ACC any day of the week. That West Virginia team is very Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, that's kind of the – you know, the – Huggy Bear experience, you know, Dave, you were tweeting a storm about that game against Oak State last week. That was a very entertaining game that I couldn't watch. I had to follow it on Twitter. <laughs> but, like, I didn't realize West Virginia, they tied the game, but that clown, he just, he didn't get the shot off in time. He, like, pumped fake three times, and he made the three. Like, yo, there's no time left. Shoot the ball. <laughs> so they lost by three. <laughs> Like that's one of the things. Yeah, fall by the phone. You don't know what's happening until you see the highlights. Um, but yeah, I this is actually the one quadrant that I haven't filled out. But you know, I have Illinois winning it, coming out of the Midwest, just filling in. You know, the the spaces in between. You know, like I said, I I'm going to root for Oregon State to upset Tennessee. I'll take Loyola over Georgia Tech in the eight nine. Um, I'll probably have West Virginia winning a couple games. Actually, right now I have West Virginia winning three games because I don't think Rutgers, Clemson, Houston, or Cleveland State's going to threaten them. So if they just can get by uh, San Diego State or Syracuse in their second round game, I, I think they'll they'll have a easy path to to get to the elite eight. Well, obviously nothing's easy, but you you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. We're just filling in the brackets here, but yeah. Should be interesting. It'd be fun to see like an Illinois Oklahoma State matchup. It really would. I'm in. I'm into it. I am for sure. I, more of Io is good for for television. I love watching him play, and and then the other guy like like uh, Tommy was saying. So let's go to John. And I will say I did remember one notable Houston game in the regular season near the end of the season where they uh, were going against Memphis. It was a great game. It was really close. And then they got this, to this kid at half court, and he heaved it with like one second left. What a what a finish in that one! So I don't think Houston's bad. I think Houston's a pretty good team. And then they won like ninety to like whatever in the in the conference championship. So uh, John, let's give it to you for the Midwest thoughts. 
Yeah, Houston is good. Um, it's funny that like you mentioned Memphis. Like, there was a team that I think probably could have been in in the field over um, – even over Wichita State. I was just looking at Wichita State's schedule. Uh, like I said before, they won – they were like 10-0 and in games decided by like six points or less. Like, their record is, is very fraudulent. So, we're, we're going to we're gonna make a wager on Drake for sure on the, on the first four game. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, I think Illinois is the clear, again the clear the, the number one seeds are the clear favorites for a reason. I mean, obviously, other than Michigan, which we kind of documented is um, missing a key player, uh, but Illinois is the, the clear favorite again in this this bracket. And they got two NBA players. I think Underwood's a, a great coach. They kind of struggled to, to start the year, but man, they've really come on uh, the second half of the of the season. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of disappointed that Oklahoma State wasn't in the East. Because if, oh, if, if they had switched the seeds here and it was like Florida State was in Oklahoma State's bracket, I would have picked Oklahoma State easy to go to the final four in that bracket. Um, you know, you just rely on a guy like Cunningham to carry, like I mentioned before, and that's, that's kind of what you're looking for in like a sleeper pick. But I don't know if I can take them to, to beat Illinois. I mean, the way I've been talking, I'm going to have like three number one seeds right now, and I hate doing that. So maybe I'll end up going with Oklahoma State anyway um, in the end just to maybe diversify things a little bit. But, um, yeah, the, the, the Tennessee-Oregon State matchup, I think Oregon State is kind of similar to Georgetown, although, uh, you know, they just kind of, like, had their their peak game last week at the, the Pac-12 tournament. And they're not going to bring that here again to play Tennessee. But <clears throat> that Rick Barnes factor, man, he – you never know. Like, they, <laughs> they could show up and win this game by 20, really, with the talent that they have and the defense that they play and um, – you know, I mean, they're they're a really good team if they're they're on. It's just you just don't know when they're going to lay that egg, and it's just very scary. And um, you know, obviously, Oregon State has some mojo right now, but um, I, I would I would probably lean Tennessee to, to win that game. Um, you know, we mentioned the the loyal Georgia Tech. I think both teams probably feel screwed that they got this seating. Um, you know, loyal is a good, really good team. Um, they still have some guys left over from their Final Four run a few years back. And Georgia Tech, obviously, we talked about is kind of that scrappy bunch with Alvarado and um, uh, there's the other guy there. That's like the player of the year. I, I, I'm forgetting his name, um, but they're, they're a good team. And clearly they, they won the ACC tournament, but um, I, I would probably go with Loyola here just, just because we like to see, um, we like to see those kind of teams move on. And, you know, sister Jean is still around. God bless her. She's still around and she'll be at the game for, um, for, uh, for for the, this matchup, so wow. good for her. Yeah, good I'm assuming her. she's COVID vaccinated. So yeah, good good for her just to still yeah. be a team. Um, yeah, and in the bottom part of the region, uh, Syracuse. It it's weird. Like every time they get in, like as a ten or eleven, they they win like three games because their zone is so <laughs> tough to to practice for, prepare for. And I remember a few years ago when they remember they they got all the way to the final four with an eleven seed. They I think, well, they got helped by Michigan State lost to Middle Tennessee State in the first round. That was huge. Oh, yeah. They ended up beating Middle Tennessee State, and then they ended up, they did beat Virginia in the NBA, so that was a, a win. But they just go on these crazy runs because no one can figure out their zone. So I don't know what to do in that game, um, in that first-round matchup. I have no idea. I mentioned before Clemson-Rutgers. Who cares? I'd probably go with Rutgers just because I think the Big Ten's a little better. Uh, West Virginia is not your typical Huggins team in that they're like a very like low sc- like low scoring defensive team. Like they put up a lot of points. 
um, this year. They kind of had to play that style once that big guy left the team earlier in the season. Um, yeah, and then I mentioned Houston. They're they're really good. But I don't know. If I'm being chalky, like Illinois is the pick, but just to get to go like different, because I previously picked all one seeds, I'll go Oklahoma State just to be just to be a little different on this region. I think Cunningham can can carry them there. I, I think that's the kind of team I like the most in this kind of tournament scenario. Like Oklahoma State's gonna I'm I'm really rooting for them and you do see that a lot in, in, in the over the years. You know, whether it's them or whether on USC you have Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs over in Gonzaga, you know, it's always cool when you see that dude, you know, the dude that can take carry a team over the top and it's really great. But that's also why I don't like Iowa that much because they, they don't have a guy like that. I mean, you know, that's what's tricky. And John, just to just to, I looked them. Uh, I looked up the roster, and I think the guy you were talking about, as far as who won the guy who won the Player of the Year in the NBC, Cameron Krautwig, Yeah, is that the guy? Yeah, from Loyola. Yeah, he was there on the team a few a few years ago. Yeah. I remember big, the big big guy in the middle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he yeah. had the, like the leader in points. He's also, I think, he's like the leader for, like you said, because like, he's a senior. He's like he's like the leader in all time in like Loyola point scoring. I think, if I remember correctly. Indiana should go after that guy from Loyola, Porter Moser. Mm-hmm. That would be a good hire. Yeah. Well, I don't know if after Brad Stevens. Well, or, or how about this one, Rick Pitino for one last shot at glory. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not crazy, is no, it? I mean, you could no. win a title like. Going for five years, cheat his ass off, get another <laughs> title, and then he's on his way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. Yeah, our, I think that's a good call, though, John. Yeah, they, he's really got them. He's made them a player, so that'll be great. Uh, good news, though. Thank you for passing the note on, G, on Sister Jean, too. That's really cool. So, Tom, let's get your look at the Midwest bracket. And who do you I have? Think, I think Indiana, I think Indiana's got the stripper poles ready for Rick Pitino. <laughs> <laughs> He's had trouble with college basketball since he was an assistant at Hawaii. I, I remember looking up his, like, his hi- history as a coach. He's always had issues with everywhere he's gone. Mm-hmm. And he's always tried to come across as like, this choir boy, like, oh, I didn't know what was going on. And my assistant coaches were doing this stuff without my knowledge. No head coach doesn't know what's going on with their program. They know everything that's going on with what their assistants are doing and whatnot. He's, he's full of shit with that choir boy image. He tries to portray. He, he's a great coach, but he's also a clown. And he, I, I I'm shocked that Iona hired him to be their head coach. Cause it's a Catholic school. <laughs> but whatever that's besides the point uh i just looked up oklahoma state's stats they got no one else besides cunningham who can really score they got this kid anderson who averages 11 points a game and i was looking at their other players none of these guys come close to scoring like double figures at most nights so it's gonna be really interesting with them is it gonna be like carmelo anthony where he just carries the team to the championship game you see that good of a player or is it going to be like Wally Zerbiak with Miami of Ohio where they win a game because he scores 45 points, but he's got no one else and that, then they're done. But uh, I think one of the biggest gripes with that I heard after the selection Sunday was that uh, Oklahoma State shouldn't have been a four seed and they should have been a, a two or a three after being Baylor. But uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. Part of me wants to just pick Oklahoma State and just say, fuck it. But um, 
it's going to be interesting to see what I do before Friday with this with this with this region. It's, it's kind of like the Michigan region. You just don't know what to do. So we've covered four regions now, and in the in the uh, West, we're like, okay, we got Gonzaga, but we don't know what the hell's what the hell else is going to happen in that region. We cover the South. We're like, well, Baylor could win it, but we don't trust anybody. We basically don't trust anybody in that one. That one. We came to the East, and we're like, we don't really trust anybody in the East because Michigan is probably not going to get there, and we don't trust Florida State or Texas or, or uh, who else was it? Uh, Florida State and and so on. And then the Midwest, we kind of came to the same conclusion outside of Illinois. So it's, I mean, it isn't necessarily going to be wide open because I feel like the cream will rise at the top. But as far as how they get there, it is going to be completely unpredictable. Like, so I think that's what's really remarkable about it. Um, let me go back to Andy. Anything else that we should know about going into this tournament? Yeah, well, I want to, at some point, Tommy, you got to tell us, I forget why, why does Plodwick hate the Hurley family? We'll find that out. And then I I can't wait. It's going to happen when um, it's going to be like a close game, like 45 seconds left, and uh, one team calls a timeout, full timeout, and they go back out. The other team sees what they're doing on defense. They call timeout. Then they go back out, and then it's going to be an the inbound pass is going to go off. Like two players are going to collide, and we don't know whose hand the ball touched last. So it's going to be a timeout on top of a timeout, and then a officials challenge when there's like 18 seconds left in a two-point ball game. And everyone's going to lose their minds because that's, I mean, that does happen. It's yeah. crazy. The replay reviews, it's, it's crazy. And I know it's more of the like, NBA, you know, but it's bad in college too. It's bad in college. Cause it's like, I'm going to repeat what I said on Twitter and I'll repeat like Lapis said it, it was like 2 AM Pacific, you know, 2 AM on the East coast during the mountain West tournament. But he said it right. He's like, if the officials, have looked at the same replay five times in a row. Like, stop wasting everyone's time and look at it a sixth time. He's like, and just whatever the call was, stick with the call. Because if you have to look at it five times and you still can't find any sort of, like, conclusive evidence, then the sixth time you're not going to find it. So just stop. I don't understand why that's so difficult for these officials to understand. It's like, if you don't know what it is, the tiebreaker is always the call on the court. It, it would just, it would be, even if you, if like, for example, the call was wrong and one team got screwed, you're not at a point in a lot of cases, the 18 seconds is kind of close, but it's not worth it. Right. Like, it's just like, you can overcome that. It's just, this is so much. It's just, it just makes the game grind a complete halt. So I completely agree. There's no, you, you totally for... lose the flow of the game too. Yeah, it, like absolutely. you get, you give if a team doesn't have any timeouts, you give that coach a chance to make up a mark up a play. Yeah. And you're giving them a competitive advantage. It would shouldn't be allowed. If you're a dopey coach that loses all your timeouts, you shouldn't be able to mark up a play because of a stupid instant replay rule. Yeah. And I, I'm sick of people saying, just get the call right, just get it right. Like a pitch and catch always on the on Twitter and on and the board, it's always like, just get the call right. I don't want to watch a four-hour game or like a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour college football game because they're reviewing every freaking call. Like no one, 
like what happened to when the ball goes out of bounds and if it's off someone's pinky or like fig, fingertip like what what are we doing that's not like no one cares like they're gonna everybody forgets about who like they're gonna they're gonna be mad for like 10 seconds and be like oh i think it might have went off him and then 10 seconds later you're gonna totally forget about it just move on you gotta but instead they gotta take wait three minutes wait waste three minutes to review it just stop it's it's beyond annoying. Oh, I just watching the, these games now. It is a, and it's becoming like Andy said. This is becoming an annual tradition. It's just gotten way, way too arduous to deal with that every year. It's not worth it. Like it's never. I never. Who would go back? Like, oh, you remember that five years ago? The ball no, bounced no off the finger fingertip. It's like no. It's not worth it. So, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, uh, John. Any other thoughts you had as far as the tournament? Nope, I think we did a nice breakdown of all the various regions. I'm just so excited to have it back. Um, there's this one pool that I, I stumbled upon that's pretty interesting. You pick one team from each seed. So, like, you uh, the 4-1 seeds, you take one. Of the 4-2 seeds, you'll take one of those all the way to, through 16. And you'll get points for each, um, each win that you get. So, I'll have to think about the strategy for that one. I imagine, like, you wouldn't take the same one – you wouldn't take the same like one and two seed in the same bracket. Basically, you kind of want to spread out your options. So, I'm looking forward to doing that. And then my, um, you know, my own bracket scenario that I'm doing. Hopefully, we can get some winners and uh, do well for that for the pool. So, I'm really excited to have all this all this back. And you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fun weekend for sure. Starting on Friday, I think a lot of people will be calling in sick on Friday. I know I will be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Work at home or not, I think that's general. That's a good call because it's like. Then you can focus on the games and you don't have to be distracted by quote unquote words. You know what I mean? You don't have to divide your attention. So, uh, Tom, and I'll give it to you now for the final thoughts and anything else you want to add as far as the tournament. I just want to ask a quick question about the golf. How, like, what is wrong with Lee Westwood in these? I watched like three hours of the golf on, on Sunday. What What's his deal? Like, late in these tournaments, it's like, constant with them he just yeah, I, I know Andy, Andy's is a huge Westwood fan like honestly it you know it, it's hard to win these tournaments I mean he didn't really choke per se like I would call someone choking like Doug Gim choked like oh, yeah. you know he put like four in the water on that one hole that's choking like Westwood didn't choke per se he just he just wasn't that he just wasn't good enough and JT was just pulled on a ball striking clinic and you know that you can do and that like one of the best players in the world just can't miss a green and is just dialed in like that. I mean, I thought Westwood played fine. I mean, just, it just happens. And he's in the field for the Honda Classic this week. It's like a watered down version of the Puerto Rico Open, basically. It's all just a horrible field. But I I honestly say I never laughed so hard as when Bryson topped that shot into the pond. And <laughs> That's right. I really, really enjoyed that, I must say. Like, yeah, take that. You know, where's, where's your analytics for that, dude? Come on. Yeah. He's really hated. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's weird. The Honda field has gotten, like, very diluted over the years. I don't know what – maybe it's the timing or, or whatever. Yeah, but sandwich right between the players and then the match players match next play. week. So, yeah. it's just like there's no incentive, you know. Yeah, so Westwood, he finished fourth in the Honda last year. I looked it up. And it's weird because, like, he's, he's not gagging like he traditionally does. I don't know. He's just – he just comes up short, and now it's even like 
second place, set final group. It's, what if he comes? What if he's in the final group next week too? It's it's just crazy. He's forty seven. He really shouldn't be playing this well. Like it's just, it's just it's so strange. And yeah, like last week losing to Bryson, like Bryson was clutch. He was making putts. Like thing about Westwood, the last two weeks that he's even though he's lost, like he's actually making the putts that he traditionally misses. Like he made a bunch of five footers last week. Or yeah, last he he made a bunch of five footers yesterday. He just missed the big one on seventeen. Everyone like John was probably watching just as much as I. Like every it was everyone was kind of three putting on seventeen if they were hitting their shot like as far because that it just it was like down the hill at the you know it's a slow putt at first and then it just gets really fast at the end and uh, the the green was getting purple so that's a hard two putt but. Crazy, crazy golf. It's, yeah. it's I, I Thomas, yeah. Like as John said, Thomas is like when he Lee Westwood's not gonna go on like a birdie birdie eagle tear like like the young guys can do. Like he's a like Thomas when he's dialed in, he'll like get like literally like five birdies in a row. Like Westwood, he has to kind of plot around and just like not make a bunch of bogeys. When he made that eagle, I thought I, I kind of thought he he had it in the bag when he made the, and then you saw Westwood at the tee of the next <laughs> he knew he knew he got an eagle and that, he, I forget what did he do he hit into like the woods or something out the tee it was terrible. yeah because the announcer were like oh you could hear like there's different between birdie roars and eagle roars <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he's about to shit shit his pants on that tee I felt bad for him there but have they thought about making that the fifth major is that gone any like. Uh, any headway or anything or no the player that's something some- that happens over like over time like they didn't just play the british open one day and like all right guys this is a major like it, it just kind of evolves like just because they throw like a big sponsor on it and say all right this is a major like it doesn't make it a major like my, my dad always says like if davis love won the tournament it's not really a major and davis won <laughs> davis love won the players multiple times but um i, I will mention the coolest thing they did for this and they gave you a free preview of it on thursday every shot of every player you were able to watch and this is the same kind of thing they did for the masters they had like amazon like some kind of big data technology or whatever they had amazon web service i'm sorry that's the name of it they had like managing this and so you could go on to the nbc sports gold site and you could pick any single group that you wanted now i'd love to see this incorporated to every single tour stop but there's a there's a lot of work that goes into that, and I imagine it, it would be like a big subscription situation. But I think that's the future of where golf is going in terms of betting and everything else. Uh, I think in due time, that's that's where things are going to head be headed. But they got to work out the kinks for it. But that was just tremendous, tremendous coverage, and um, I, I'm definitely all in favor of that. I would say um, it was really cool, as you guys noted in texts and tweets and what have you. That Bryson and and Lee both went into the the final round, you know, one two like two weeks in a row in back to back events, and that is rare. I I don't remember last time something like that happened, so I think that's that was really cool as well. So, pretty good. I I I, I think Andy, you would agree with this point that I made to John and 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 Mike as well. I I didn't really think. I had no use for Tariko on the telecast. Like I don't really know why he was there. Like he didn't need to be there. Oh, I Tariko hearing Tariko reminds me of 
British Open on ESPN. It just he, I don't like him on the golf. I I don't. And Tommy's gonna be like, you just hate everything. But I I do kind of complain about like golf coverage. It's, it's like Gus Johnson doing soccer. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's like you know I'm a I'm a Nance Mongo. I like Nance. Like I actually like the sound off too. Like <laughs> and I like Hicks. I like Dan Hicks. I like uh, Johnny Miller. Gannon. I like Gannon. Um, I don't like Azinger. Yeah, Azinger's awful. Like he makes no points throughout the broadcast. Like. Like, like Faldo will like analyze a guy's swing or like he'll analyze like some court like Azinger just throws out cl- cliches and just it's whatever sticks like he, yeah. he's terrible I, pressure will burst the pipe pressure yeah, will burst exactly. the pipe. this guy's a ball striking Jesse I tell you like what the hell does that even mean like it means nothing to me as a viewer like is Johnny some, Miller still good well he retired. yeah I would take Johnny Miller back they got to get rid of Azinger he's, yeah. he's terrible like give us some stats like there's so many good golf stats like if you're paying attention like strokes gain stats is phenomenal like if you're making bets or just following the tournament you can see like all right this guy is like minus five strokes gain putting but he's hitting the ball amazing like maybe let's let's place a wager on him like use shit like that like he just he just adds nothing to the broadcast is he's, he's terrible like the rest of the team i like like Faraday is good gary coke is he's been there forever he's he's solid uh they got uh justin leonard on there sometimes he's not bad at all like Azinger is just – he is just awful. They, they got to get rid of him. I would gladly take a swap of Leonard for Azinger in that position, right? Now, what's the likelihood that Nance leaves CBS? You got Unless... the wrong panel for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? where does he go? Does he go to NBC? Why would he leave? He probably retires. Where, no, where, the where same reason yeah, why uh, – what's his name? The same reason why uh, – what's Michaels. his name left CBS? Oh, no, sorry. Musburger. Oh. It just happens. No, no, he so, got fired. Remember, that was in 19. 19- yeah, but he's th- yeah, but he still left. Fired, left, same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Nance wants more money. Who knows? Maybe he wants to he's change. Got, well, so, Russo, so, you know, Matt, Russo's agent is like Nance's agent, I think. And so he brings it up like about once a week, and he's like, I know no one's going to care about that. this. He's like, but – it's going to be like a secondary storyline. Like Nance is going to play hardball. His last Masters. After the Masters, he's going to, you know, because the Romo contract probably has something to do with it. He's like, Nance wants to get paid, and it's going to be a thing. Mm, that's exactly what happened with Musburger. He wanted more money. CBS wasn't having it. They were cutting costs, and they fired him. It's an interesting storyline. During, during the tournament, too, which was crazy. Oh yeah, it was during the. You're right. It was during the. It was during the NCAA t- tournament. They fired him in the middle of it, and then that basically after the final four, he just said, "I'll see you down the road." I got fired. Basically, I think that's what he said on the air. Like he said that I, this is my last telecast in CBS. And he's so great. Oh, like, I miss There's him. no one better than than yeah. him, even at his age with the, how he knows gambling and everything. Uh, he's the best. He's still on Beeson though, so you can catch him there if yeah. you're ever looking for him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's on there. That's cool. So, yeah, long live Brent Musburger. Love it. And Nance, too. I like Nance as well. So we'll see if he stays at CBS. I, I don't – where would he go? Seriously, is he going to go to VSIN too? Like, I, I mean, he loves doing golf, so he couldn't yeah. go to NBC. I don't think they would kick out Hicks. Yeah. So there's really nowhere else for him to for him to go unless – I think like, they would – I think just as a novice golf fan, I think they would have they would, they would have to take Hicks out for Nance, right? Yeah, 
Like, I, I mean, know. he's they, such they a big They do so name. few tournaments a year, too, that they have, like, their six-week swing now. They have the U.S. Open, and they have, like, what, two FedEx. So they do, like, nine tournaments a year. Like, that wouldn't be enough for Nance, in my opinion. You, you got to think know. about the football, too. Does he take out Al Michaels until Michaels hit the road and does the Sunday night game? Well, they're already phasing out Al Michaels as it is. Yeah, they're but he's old. Yeah. He's old as fuck, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like either one's that much younger than the other. So it's like. Nance isn't really that old. He's just been around forever. He, I mean, he started the Masters at what age? Like 30? Younger. He was younger. Yeah, younger. he's been around like forever. Yeah. Forever. Sounds exactly the same. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy. It almost looks exactly the same, too. Just maybe. Just yeah, he a... doesn't age. Yeah, he's aged remarkably well. So it's it's a pretty it's pretty interesting. We'll find out. That's a good question, Tommy. Well, we'll, we'll too, too bad Frances is not around because he and Nance are close, and you know Mike would be mentioning it too, like Dog does. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Well, thanks again. Good luck to your brackets, and I'm looking forward to the bracket contest as well. And uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Good. I, you guys have been great. I will catch you down the road, and and also good luck to your wagers as well along the way, guys. Been a blast. Uh, take care, everybody. You too. Thanks right. for having us. You got Good it. Luck, Take it easy, fellas. Everyone. All right. That's our program tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's Andy, Tom, and John. I'm Dave. This has been a good program. Um, and we'll see. The madness begins now. And we hope to do some extensive coverage. We'll do another deep dive into the brackets, hopefully, with our friend Chris in Syracuse. Uh, stay tuned to, on as far as when that will air, hopefully, in the next couple of days. And, uh, and then beyond that, we will have our normal um, NBA coverage. I can't say as, well as to whether we'll do a show tomorrow, but uh, more to come, of course. I am Dave Medina. You can catch us on the web at didcow.com, on Twitter at didcow. Facebook is facebook.com slash didcow. And you can check us out, if you haven't already, by subscribing to our podcast feed on Apple Podcasts. Look for Dave in the City Out West. Once again, I'm Dave Medina. Enjoy the madness, and we will see you next time.